Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Fi, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Welcome back, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about photography. Let's start with the basics. Can you name a few photography words that everyone should know about, they think they should know about, but <laughs> secretly would love explained ELI 5 style? Yeah, I mean, everyone that uh, has, a, has a smartphone these days is, a, is basically a photographer, right? That's right. Uh, and uh, as you learn more about photography, you should familiarize yourself with things like shutter speed, uh, ISO, and aperture. Yep. So this is a great topic for today. And the basic idea behind those three things is that you want an image that is bright enough to see clearly, but not so bright that it's all white. And these are the three knobs to control how much brightness you get. And each one affects the picture very differently. Great. So let's dive in and talk about shutter speed. How does that affect brightness? Okay, so so shutter speed is actually one of the easiest ones to understand. It's literally how long the shutter of your camera is open. So really short times, like one two thousandth of a second, get you very little light because the shutter is literally opened and closes within one two thousandth of a second. And there's also longer shutter speed times, like 30 seconds, where you can get a lot of light because the shutter is just literally open that whole time. But there's pros and cons, right? So shorter times uh, allow you to freeze the action in place, but the consequence is you're getting very little light. Rather, longer times can produce a blur in anything that moves even a tiny bit. Uh, Generally, anything much longer than about one-tenth or one-thirtieth of a second uh, you gotta hold a camera really steady or on a tripod, otherwise you gotta start to see blur. Cool, that, that's very clear and it makes a ton of sense. Um, how about ISO or is it ISO? I call it ISO. Uh, ISO is sensitivity. So lower numbers here like 100 mean less sensitivity, which means less brightness. And higher numbers like 6400 mm-hmm. uh, mean higher sensitivity, which means more brightness. Uh, this is kind of like boosting the gain on a microphone, for example. Uh, the more you turn it up, the more noise you get in your result. In your result, the image can look very grainy uh, when you turn up the ISO. Um, another person put it like this: the ISO is like a volume knob, right? You crank the volume, you get a louder sound uh, or a brighter picture. I like that analogy, both the microphone analogy and the the gain Mm -hmm. as well as the volume knob. Um, It's especially relevant when people used to have film cameras, right? Non-digital cameras. Yes, in the old days of yore, not that long ago, (laughs) uh, when cameras used film, uh, ISO, or actually ASA as it used to be called, uh, was an indication of how sensitive a particular roll of film was. So if you wanted to shoot in a somewhat low light situation, you might use something like a 400 ISO film. Uh, but expect some graininess to come in. Uh, but for average light, you know, average quality, maybe 200 ISO, and then 100 ISO will be even better quality than that, but you may want to use some flash, uh, especially if you're indoors. Okay, now how about aperture? Uh, all these weird numbers like F, you know, 1.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third uh, and final setting here is aperture, or F-stop uh, is another way to call it. And so lower numbers like F1.8, uh, mean a wider opening and more brightness. Uh, higher numbers like F16 uh, mean a narrow opening and less brightness. Uh, lower numbers basically allow more light that's coming in at odd angles, uh, which will decrease how much of the image is in sharp focus, also called a shallow depth of field. Mm. Uh, kind of creates that bokeh effect that's actually very popular in portrait photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus higher numbers or with a smaller opening will cause more of the image to be in focus together. 
So that cool, you know, portrait mode thing that a lot of the new phones have, yep. uh, they're, they're actually using multiple cameras to kind of simulate the effect of a wide aperture, uh, where the, only the subject is in focus and everything else, like in the background, is like a creamy blur. Very helpful. So now we've talked about all three of these. How do you optimize them together? Yeah, so you pretty much always want an image whose brightest points are almost but not quite 100% white and whose darkest points are almost but not quite 100% black. Uh, and you could basically play with these three adjustments in different ratios in order to achieve that. And you also get a very different image depending on how you combine them. That's, that's the artistic part, play around with it. So you know where you can find a lot of these artists um, are on podcasts. There oh, yeah? are actually a lot of photography podcasts out there, yes. Are they like teaching people photography skills or cataloging the lives of photographers? Well, there are great shows in both categories. Um, personally, I love a particular podcast that talks about the pro profession of business uh, and wedding photography in particular. It's called Creative Rising, uh, and it's by this wonderful husband and wife team called Jeff and Erin Youngren. Ah, okay, okay. So Creative Rising. I've checked out some of their episodes in the past, and it's really nice how they describe all the ins and outs of running a photography business. You know, there are loads of behind the scenes to, to running a creative business that I just never even thought about. Exactly. So, you know, if that's of interest to our listeners, I'd highly recommend checking it out. It's Creative Rising by the Youngrens. It's spelled Young, R-E-N-S. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, a great other podcast if you've enjoyed some of this conversation and, and want to know what it's like to be a photographer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, Kevin, it seems like you do know a lot of fun facts about photography. Any others that come to mind you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. Uh, how about, do you, do you know why it feels like uh, people in old photos never seem to be smiling? No, why is that? <laughs> the, the, the popular theory is that uh, people had bad teeth back then and didn't want to show teeth. But actually, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't think about that one. Uh huh. But, but actually, uh, because of uh, the way old photos were taken, um, they had a very long shutter speed. Hmm. And thus, people actually had to sit still for a very long period of time, otherwise, they were going to get a very blurry photo. And smiling for a long period of time can actually be kind of hard to do. Tiring. Yes. <laughs> tiring. So people kind of make that neutral face and would just stare at the camera for a long uh, period of time. like they were posing for a painting or self-portrait. Exactly, exactly, until the fit picture was finished taking. Okay. What, any other questions that you are surprised? Yeah, do you also know how they first invented color photography? No, tell me. Essentially, it was around the same time they invented the whole RGB scale. Someone, uh, someone figured out that our eyes mainly understood three colors, red, uh, green, and blue, and they put a red, green, and blue filter on a camera, took three separate photos, and when you combine them together, you actually get a pretty impressive color photo. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so how about this final uh, interesting question that I have for you, and let's close on this one. Why do some museums uh, and occasionally fancy churches not allow flash photography? Mm, maybe because it's kind of rude? <laughs> <laughs> really? That's it? That's, that's the only thing? I could think of two more legit reasons. Uh, the, the first, the major one is that it could damage some of these paintings. You know, especially ones made, uh, made in tempera, which is made of eggs. It's generally kind of used pretty often in early Renaissance paintings. Uh, and also, oil paints will naturally fade over time, and actually the flash accelerates this. Uh, it's almost everything but this kind of raw umber, this kind of brown color. Uh, that's why most oil paintings have that brown tone to it. 
as that's the only color that could keep its vibrancy over the years. Okay. So flash accelerates the degradation of these paintings. Uh, the second reason I can think of is that museums often do not own the collection that's on display. Uh, so there might be some image rights to the collection uh, that are owned by the individual uh, and they're retaining ownership of the artifact so they don't want pictures of that spreading. That makes sense. I learned a lot today. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us a tweet at ELI5ThePodcast. Send us requests for future episodes or send us a thumbs up on Twitter. As always, a big thank you to the subreddit Explain Like I'm Five. See you all next week.